I went downstairs to, to, the, to the shop to buy the newspaper to see if it was true because it was like, was it a dream again or is this, was this reality? And even when I had a newspaper, I was like, okay, am I dreaming now that I'm having a newspaper <laughs> or, or is it reality? <laughs> Edo, welcome to the No Chof There's podcast on the OLB. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. I'm your host, Stel. Unfortunately, Roy isn't here with me because he's working. They're two hours ahead in Cyprus. I've got the day off work. Eh, embiddos. I love Roy anyway. But we have a special guest on this podcast. He was only out of money for a year, but blimey, they still remember him. We still remember him. Gunter Tibolt. Welcome to the show, Gunter. Have I pronounced your name correctly? <laughs> Almost, Gunter <laughs> Tibot. But well, it's, it's it's closer than how they pronounced it in Cyprus that time. So well, I'm I'm from England, so we we don't seem to pronounce the we put emphasis on the G. But you guys have it's like a J, isn't it? Like a, you pronounce it like yeah, a, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's quite impossible for people who don't speak uh, Flemish or German to. I call you Mr. T like then. It. Would that be easier if I called you Mr. T? Or... <laughs> Mr. It it sounds it sounds good, Mr. T. Though. It sounds good. <laughs> Great. So, well, thank you so much for um, for joining us on the podcast. I know you're a busy guy. You've got your own agency at the moment. How's that working for you? Yeah, it's going well. And of course, it's the, uh, I would say it's the time of the year, but it isn't yet because of uh, COVID and all the budgets that are, uh, the clubs are still in troubles. And also with the Euro that's coming up. So they are preparing a lot. Um, but okay, we need to be there, of course. And we are visiting a lot of clubs, a lot of talks. Um, so yeah, okay. It's a it's a nice period now because you are yeah, a lot of con- not in contact with all the clubs, but also a stressful period, of course, because the players are looking forward to what will happen, and they are counting on us, of course, to to finalize the deals. Absolutely. And are you confident that Belgium can win the Euros? Got probably the the strongest squad out of the rest, I guess. Well, let's say that we. Uh, we are a big candidate and I think we should have this uh, ambition also because in Belgium we're almost a little bit, uh, how will I say, we should we can be more ambitious. Uh, if you speak to a Dutch uh, guy uh, from the, the Dutch team, they will say, uh, it doesn't matter what happened, we will become <laughs> a champion. And we Belgians, we are always there, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think, okay, with this squad, if, if it doesn't happen now, <laughs> I don't know when it will happen then. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one because I remember growing up watching Italian 90, for example, that the main standout player for, for Belgium was Enzo Schifo. Mm-hmm. What a player he was. But now you've got Eden Hazard, you've got Thorgan Hazard, you've got Kevin De Bruyne, you've got Lukaku. You've got so many players. And it's I guess it's difficult for Roberto Martinez because people are expecting so much from this, this yeah. golden generation. But- yeah, for him, it's not easy to make a selection because, like you said, you have, you have so much choice. For some players, it's even a shame uh, because they are so good, but they still have somebody even better in front of them, so they cannot call up for the national team. And in other, any other generation or maybe any other country, they will, they always will be international. And here you might have the problem that you have uh, Eden Hazard in front of you, Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku. Uh, we'd sell uh, so yeah that's that's a shame for some people but of course for Martinez it's yeah I think it must be amazing uh, to to uh, to make such a selection and to 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 train such a selection yeah, it's, it's a it's a good problem you know it's better <laughs> it's to have lu- variety yeah it's a luxury problem I think so. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant well let's talk about your your time at Omonia you joined the club I think you're what 24 years old 
Um, you played for a couple of Belgian clubs prior to that. But yeah. Omonia, of all the clubs in, in Europe you could have gone to, did you know much about the club? How, how did no, no? Nothing. It was just because they had a Belgian trainer, um, Henk Howard, and then a, a Belgian assistant trainer, John Otterbaren. Um And uh, Henke just won the championship with Omonia after so many years. Um, and he came to Belgium. He called me and said, are you interested? At that moment, I was playing already three years at first division in Belgium here. My club in Eichthaus had, uh, had some serious uh, financial problems. Um, and, and, and I still had my contract. So they took me actually on loan. Uh, and then in the meantime, my club went broke here in Belgium. But it, for me, it was a nice uh, adventure. Um, and yeah, it was something I was looking forward to because we would play for the championship. We would play for the Super Cup, preliminaries, uh, Champions League, where we got a little bit, uh, sorry for the word, a little bit got screwed by the referee in, uh, in Belgrade. Um, and, and for me, it was amazing. I scored the 1-1 against uh, uh, Red, Red Star, Star yeah. at home. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was something I was looking forward to it. Even it was Cyprus, but okay, it was a Belgian coach that I knew, of course. So that was for me uh, quite important. Well, I want to talk about that game in, in Belgrade, but before we go into that, can we just rewind to when the deal was made? Because you doing... The, what what you do now from a from an agent perspective or you know transfer wise, what were the main differences back then to what you're doing now? If you look, if you were your agent back then, how would you've done things uh, differently, or would you've done things differently? Well, in that time, of course, you didn't really have too many agents, uh, so it's and it was a different period also with money and things like that because the amounts are much bigger now. Um, after maybe maybe I shouldn't have gone so young to Cyprus, um, but the problem was also that my club didn't allow me to go to Belgium or to Holland, for example, because I had some clubs who wanted to buy me, um, and they didn't allow it, and I really wanted to go. So, as an agent, what can you say at that moment? Also, you know, the, the club has a lot of uh, power, of course, also because they can say yes and they can say no. Um, I, I think that um, if I would have been an agent that time and I was his player, that maybe I, I should have focused a little bit more on, on, on individual, um, how you say, guidance and, and, and especially on individual training. Um, because I, I only start to do that later on uh, in my career to do a lot of individual training. Um, and and I, I think an agent, he needs to, yeah, he really needs to speak with his player on what he still needs to do. Because in a club, you do, most of the time, you only do general training as you don't focus too much on individual skills. Um, and and, and I'm, I think that you should train on your good, on your strong points. Um, and I, okay, I have a different point of view than, than other people sometimes. But I think if you if you do individual training, forget to train on weak points because this you will train on general trainings, and this is what I'm telling to my 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 players also. And this is really perspective from an agent. If you want to do a transfer, why do they buy you? Because you're excellent in something that they cannot find in other players. If you have something weak and you just become a little bit better, they're not going to buy you because of this. If you have a, a four on ten and you train a lot and you become five on 10, they're not going to spend money for this. 
And if you have a seven on 10 and you make sure you will become eight on 10 and even nine on 10, they will pay money for it. Um, and, and this is what I, I do a lot with, with, uh, with my players that if they do individual trainings, we're gonna really focus on the strong points. And this is what I missed maybe when I was younger uh, and I realized on, on later. And Roberto Martinez, he said this in the newspapers one week ago, he said uh, one of the reasons why Lukaku uh, is so good because he focused on his strong points. And I was quite happy because, okay, you need also to know that Roberto Martinez is our client. He's in our agency and he's, he's my partner, he's, he's his lawyer and uh, he's uh, doing everything for him. Uh, so I was happy that somebody like Roberto Martinez <laughs> said the same thing that I was saying already to my players before. And, and maybe this is something when I, okay, when I would have, when I was an agent that time, uh, I would say to me as a player at that moment, focus on your strong points, do more individual training, because there's one simple rule. If you want to be better than some, somebody else, you need to do more than somebody else. It's very simple. To, if you only train the trainings with your team, you will never become better than all the rest. If you want to be better, you need to do more. It's quite logic. It's quite simple. But you need to have people around you who, who put your focus on this. 100%. I've got a friend that was at Chelsea's academy in the late 90s. Leon Knight, he, uh, he was training with Kassiragi, with Zola, with Viali, all these other players. And he'll tell me that Zola would be one of the first players in training He'd get the, the substitute goalkeeper. He says, right, I need you in the goal. I'll take my free kicks. And he'd be the last one to leave as well. Yeah. And that's the yeah. difference between being a very good player and an elite level player. Yeah, I agree totally. When I was playing in Holland, then uh, I said, after training, I said also to the young boys, I said, okay, I need uh, somebody who's giving the long ball and to the right side and the left side to the wingers. I need a young boy on the wing. I need a third goalkeeper in the goal. And I'm just in the 16 and give me process. And yeah, I, I think I had in a whole week, maybe four or 500 crosses. And then on, on during the weekend, this cross that is coming, it's just one of these crosses. It's not that you need to start thinking, um, oh shit, what do I need to do? No, you're doing it. You don't think anymore. And this is the, 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 the thing that you need to, to get when you're playing a game that you don't think anymore. I scored goals at that moment that they asked me, how did you do that? And I needed to be honest. I don't have a clue. I just reacted and I was in kind of state of, uh, how we say, of mind. Uh, yeah. My body reacted. It was not me. It was my, Instinct. my, my was instinctive. Yeah, instinct, yeah. instinctive that I reacted. And these were also my best seasons when I trained so hard on my, my, my best skills. And, and the moment I was in pneumonia, I didn't reach yet this, uh, this, this, this level. Um, because, like I said, at that time, you don't have people around you who, who tell you, okay, do this or do this. Uh, it, it was, a, okay, it's logic. It's, it's, uh, it's a long time ago. So it's 20 years ago. It was a different kind of training, different kind of agents. Uh, but I think the new generation of agents is, is, is doing it differently. As it should, I was saying, you know, as it should, it's, um, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. But, you know, a lot of agents get bad uh, reputations because of how others behave but then you've got the good ones that know exactly what they're doing and follow the rules and it is what it is but let's, let's talk about the, the the qualifier the first leg you drew one apiece uh, against Red Star Belgrade you know we went into this game 
I wouldn't say full of confidence because Rizal Belgrade, you know, they, they'd won the European Cup 10 years prior to that. You know, they're still a good team. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we gave it our all and we got the one all draw when you, you scored. You came off the bench and you scored. First of all, what was it like for you guys going into this game? Because I, I guess the atmosphere must have been incredible. It was, it was amazing. Um, I think it was a full stadium. It was full of, how you say this, with the fire. Uh, ben Gals, mm. in Flemish, we say Ben Gals, this, yeah, the, this the, fire. the smoke, the smoke, the smoke, yeah. these things. So it, it was amazing. And, and of course, when I scored the, the equalizer, the whole stadium exploded. And it's, it's still one of my most beautiful memories uh, I have. Um, it's something that you dream of as a player to score such an important goal in a full, in a stadium, you know, there's nothing more beautiful if you see so many people happy around you. You, you make these people happy and, and you don't think about money or, or, or something else at that moment. You just, you're in some kind of <laughs> state. You're yeah. out, of the, uh, out yeah. of the world. And, and you know, if you speak with, with players, then, then and you, will ask, you can ask them, did you ever dream of something very important that you did in, 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 in your career? But then you woke up and you're like, shit, it was just a dream. And almost every player will have this. Um, you're like, it's a deception because it's only a dream. And the moment I woke up the day after from Red Star, and it's really true, eh? I went downstairs to, to, the, to the shop to buy the newspaper to see if it was true because it was like, was it a dream again? Or is this, was this reality? And even when I had a newspaper, I was like, okay, am I dreaming now that I'm having a newspaper <laughs> or is it reality? But yeah, it was an amazing moment for, for everybody. Um, and, and, and this is also why, why you do it, for, of course, at, the, at that moment, why you, yeah, why you worked so hard before when you were younger without knowing if you would have any results sometimes. Yeah, and did you remember, or should I say, do you remember much about the goal itself in terms of how yeah, yeah. good a player? The only thing, and the only the thing I remember is that it was a cross from the right side, and I just, I just put my yeah. It, we were with a full of bunch of defenders and and people in the in in, in the sixteen the five meter, and I just throw myself into it. I touched the ball without really uh, being sure to get it. And I saw him going in, into the goal. This is what I remember. I just throw myself to the ball. I just throw myself to the ball. And yeah, <laughs> he, went, he went in. He went in. So it was not <laughs> something that I knew that was going to happen. But it was more like we saw it, like instinct as a striker. You, you just throw your body, everything into it. And you know a little bit where the ball will fall. But this is, I think it's a little bit, it was like a, a striker goal. Just go for it and, and, and okay, then, and then you score. Don't think, just, just do yeah, it. So let's talk about a second leg. Uh, you've gone to that stadium, which I can only assume was absolutely hostile. Their fans are something different in, in, in that part of the world. I mean, I thought the Cypriot fans were, were crazy, but yeah. yeah back this, this was a different level. Mm -hmm. This was a different level. If you go... You know, it's also one of the most beautiful moments. It's, it's when you go into the tunnel, um, you see, you can go to YouTube uh, and, and, and see this uh, about the tunnel. When you go, you go down, then you see the, the, the police people 
you think, okay, I go up. No, no, no. First you go to the left, you even go more down <laughs> and then you go up again. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something, yeah, it was something amazing that the, the, the atmosphere over there was, uh, yeah, it was so, so hostile. Um, but okay, it was nice, of course, also this, um, this atmosphere, but this tunnel, it's yeah, like you say, you need to, you need to watch this on, 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 on YouTube. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy so thing. The atmosphere didn't seem to play much of a part in terms of a psychological perspective because, you know, we were 1-1 with 20 minutes to go. Gaiafa scored the equaliser. Yeah. Um, and then they went 2-1 up. Now, you mentioned we were screwed in that game. And I, I'd, I'd like to know your side of things because not many people talk about this game. And the reason why, because I think it was kind of overshadowed by the Dinamo Moscow game many years later when we had a, a couple of dodgy decisions go against us. But this this was also another big one for us, wasn't it? Yeah, of course, because we get uh, we're losing 2-1. We get uh, in the last minutes. We need. We always need to get a penalty over there. Um, it was a German referee, I think, and and I think he was just scared to to, to give the penalty over there. Then that he would leave the, the stadium alive. <laughs> so, um, but okay, you cannot say anything anymore about it. But we had the feeling that we got screwed over there. It was one hundred percent penalty last minutes. If. Uh, if he gives a penalty and we score, we go to the last round of uh, preliminaries uh, to against Werder Bremen. Uh, we needed to play. Even if we went out, then we went to Europa League to the stage, and otherwise we went to Champions League to the stages. So it changed a lot, of course, because yeah. Anyway, if we would have scored that penalty, we would have played uh, or Europa League or Champions League uh, the stages. So, and that for the club would have been also a big difference, of course, financially. Um, and then we went out quite early and I think it had a, it was a problem for us because we needed to, to, to reach high level quite fast in the beginning of preparation already. And, and then it's not good, of course, if you, if you need to go down again and then the competition starts, you need to try to go up again. So your preparation is a little bit disturbed. Um, but okay, you always need to give the the penalty that uh, in that moment. And then uh, it was Vesco normally who, who gives the penalties. Mm -hmm. uh, Vesco Ryan, I think it was Vesco who was was uh, responsible for the penalties. Yeah, but okay, we we don't know, we don't know. Uh, but it was it was in the last minute. So if we score that one. Uh, it would have been completely different. different. Story. So uh, you, you're not you're not saying it's anything to do with match fixing, but it's basically the the um, the referee being too afraid to make a decision against the home side because of the the situation of what what may occur after the game for him <laughs> in terms of his safety. I guess I always believe in the integrity of the people. So, but and I don't say maybe he did it on on really on purpose, but this this. Uh, people around maybe had some influence also. Yeah, yeah, which I'm so, sure has, has happened many occasions, but it is what it is. And, you know, you, you mentioned that we needed to start the season on a high and this happened quite soon in the season. Do you think that kind of led to like a downward spiral for the rest of the season? Because I think we finished fourth that year. Um, we just missed uh, Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah. So do you think that had an impact on the club? Because it wasn't a big squad either, to be fair, was it? Wasn't a big squad that can. No, come. but we had a bad start. Huh? We had a bad start of the season. We lost many points. 
Um, Hank got fired then somewhere, in, I think, in October, something like that. Um, I don't know, it was October, November, uh, anyway, yeah, before. Right about that, yeah. Right beginning of the season. Um, so that, of course, wasn't really a perfect situation to, to, to lose immediately some points and then and, uh, uh, need to change the coach. Uh, was, uh, yeah. So, it was it was it was a shame because I think we we deserved more, but uh, we we went out in the semifinals it was a semifinal I think for the cup, also yep. against uh, if I remember well Anorthosis. Anorthosis, yeah. I missed I, I missed the penalty over there. Um, we do, we don't have to talk about that. It's fine. <laughs> no, you can you can cut this. You can cut this. <laughs> Look, if you don't take responsibility, you cannot miss neither. So I, I don't yeah. have any problems with that. But it was yeah, okay. We won the Super Cup. It was of course nice, but we just missed uh, the last thing to to play in Europe to win the final. Um, so yeah, maybe it was because we needed to 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 to, uh, to be at a high level too fast, maybe. Uh, Maybe that was also a problem um, because you see it in, in, in several clubs when they need to play in Europe very early, they don't have such an easy season um, because they cannot build up the preparation like it should be. Um, normally, you have your six weeks preparation, you build up, you build up. And at the, that moment, you start the competition and you can go for a long time. For us, it was different. We needed to be already there much earlier. And then, of course, I maybe some yeah with psychological also that you that you go out. Uh, it was quite yeah, it was quite a shame. So maybe this also plays in the head. But I, it was a shame. We we, we missed that. Just we were all, always close, but we couldn't reach it, and that was a shame because okay, I came also of course to play for Europe. Um, we went out early and we didn't get it at the end. So it was. I don't say it was a deception, but it was a shame, at least, that that, uh, uh, that we didn't get the, the targets that we wanted. Yeah, the thing is, when you came to Cyprus, did you think that it would be a bit of a, an easy league? No disrespect to, to you or Cyprus itself, because, you know, Ralfman had been the top scorer the, the previous four or five seasons or something like that. He was banging mm. in goals left, right and centre. You see Omoni in the in the um, qualification stages. And as you said, you know, you wanted to be challenging for Europe. So did you think when you came to Cyprus... It's not going to be an easy league, but you know I've got a better chance of being a success here than I would back home. Um, no, not exactly. It was just a new challenge, and, and then I, I, I couldn't. Like I said in the beginning, I didn't know much of it. So I didn't know much about the league. It was from from Hank who told me. So I was uh, for me. It was everything was was open. I was not like. Uh, Okay, it's gonna be easy over there because Henke warned me also. Look, watch out here. It's also, of course, you have the you have the sun on the beach and the sea, of course, also. So at a young age, it's not easy to resist on uh, on, on 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 these uh, on these things. Um, and then there's Ayanaba. There's Ayanaba with all the clubs. I don't know about that garage scene, it, the music there. <laughs> n- never heard about it. Never heard about it. <laughs> Where is that? Where is that exactly? Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. It's a mythical place, <laughs> like like dragons and what kind of stuff. Doesn't exist. <laughs> no, of course it was it was tempting, and of course sometimes, uh, like like I said, maybe 
it is right. You, it's it's not easy if you go at a young age to Cyprus because the the, the temptation to go to beach and sea, of course, is there when the good weather is there, uh, and that's not easy at a, at a young age to to res to resist and to be professional. But the problem, of course, also is you train or very early or or quite late, so it's not that you train in the morning and then you after that training you still can do a lot of exercises because if you train early in the morning it, it it's much too too hot after that to to keep on training to keep doing training um so but i don't uh, I, like i say i don't uh, regret at all on the contrary it was an amazing experience and i think every challenge and every experience brings you something later and look now okay i'm an agent now, uh, one month ago, I was there with 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 Rainer Raufman. Uh, was that um, invited for the last game against uh, Apollon? Uh, okay, I had the meeting. Uh, I, okay, I saw the people of Ammonia over there with, uh, with the president, also the, the the owner I saw over there. So it was nice to meet them. Um, so yeah, everything has good things and bad things, but I always remember about the about the good things. I I don't regret at all. If you say, would you do it again? I think I would say yes. Why not? Brilliant. Well, you mentioned Rainer Raffman, uh, probably the greatest goal scorer in the club's history, probably in Cyprus, to be fair. Um, <laughs> what was he like playing with? And, and the reason why I ask this question is because, you, as I said, you're quite young and you've gone out there with an experienced striker that knew the league inside out. You must have learned quite a lot from him because I've always said, and, and there's something I repeat time and time again this season, that you know the youngsters at Omonia, like your Gagulis, like your Loizzo, we've got so many experienced players. And it's so important for these younger players to speak to yeah. the older experienced players so they can, they can learn from them. Because if you don't talk, then you don't learn. If the communication isn't there. So for you, what was Rathman like for, for your career at Omonia? I didn't know him, of course, uh, before. When I arrived, I saw that uh, he was quite... Uh, uh, a big name, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and not only him. Uh, we had Rainer, we had Vesco, uh, we had Kayafas. Uh, it was a, it was a squad full of, <laughs> of uh, characters, yep. also with, uh, <laughs> with characters. Um, and and it was not always easy with Rainer um, to play next to me. Um, so because okay, he wanted the ball, I wanted the ball, Vesco wanted the ball, Kayafas wanted the ball. <laughs> So um, it was not it was not always so easy, and of course we had our fights, uh, Rainer and I, but always with a lot of respect. And that's that's what I say in what I just said one month ago when I was there, I invited by Rainer to see uh, to see that game. So it it, it shows that you uh, that, that that you respect each other, and you're at that moment professional. But of course, it was great to sometimes he scored goals, and I was like. How did he do this? And how fast, how fast he was, and and, and uh, how easy he scored, even how strong he was in duel. I was surprised. Of course, I learned a lot from him. And uh, how will I say? Yeah, he showed me also that you need to be a a character. Don't don't just <laughs> don't be a pussy because then uh, everybody <laughs> will go over you. Uh, and then okay, but it was also good. Like I said, we had some some tough characters, but we had an amazing team. Eh? Uh, like I said, the Yotis Panayotis. We had the Petros Konafis, um, and we had uh, like I said, Vesco. Yeah, Kim was there. Uh, your your Kim was amazing. Also, uh, we had um, Theodotu. 
Yeah. Was an incredibly nice guy. An incredibly nice guy. You had the Nicola Nicolas Nicolau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, after 20 years, I still remember the name. Elias Haramos, Pitas, no? was, yeah, 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 yeah. We had Pitas, who was a young boy at that mm. moment, was coming with the long hair. Um, so yeah, we, we really had an, a very nice, nice team, and I and I mean not only on the pitch, also outside outside of the pitch, even with all the characters, even with all the characters. So we had uh, in, in, in the team. I'm I'm glad you didn't mention a certain player whose surname begins with A because we don't talk about players like him that go to another club in Nicosia. So we don't talk about that guy. Was Alan Neftis there? Was Alan Neftis there when you were there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm, don't talk about him. See, I, I mentioned him. That's it. <laughs> forget it. Forget it. Okay, 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 okay. He was still very young. He was also yeah. young. Yeah. Okay, well, what about Vesco? Vesco then? Because, you know, another fantastic footballer. Um, yeah. Very, uh, you know what? When I talk about these foreign players in, that came to Cyprus, uh, to my friends who are obviously in England, they're like, oh, I've never heard of him, never heard of him. But then I go on YouTube and I show them these clips and they're like, wow, these... These players could have done it in, or maybe not in the Premier League, but you know, like the but, Championship or you know, League League Two, you know. Yeah, but that's why I say you cannot. Uh, I don't under, underestimate Cyprus, and from that time also, um, it's quite a good level. Of course, there's a big difference between big clubs and small clubs. That's logic because it's not, it's a small island. It's logic that the difference between the clubs is bigger. Um, but like we like I said, all the names that I mentioned. Besko Kayafas uh, could have played in in another league and uh, and have a nice career. But like I said, you also have the life, of course, in Cyprus. Um, and, and I think this is also some quite important uh, <laughs> issue to, to maybe, okay, when you have a good, uh, good contract and you have a good life over there, now you can ask yourself, okay, why, why should I go somewhere else if, if everything is okay here? And Besko is also still still in, in, in Cyprus, eh? so... Okay, so, <laughs> that's right. what about Kosas Gaiafa, another player who is yeah. embedded in the club's history? His dad played for the club, I believe his son is at the club, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, Youth Academy, I'm not current if I'm wrong, I'm not sure here, but, you know, another player that, that stood out, when you talk about, you know, like your Maldini's at Milan, your Barreza at Milan, all these, like, he was kind of like that kind of character mm -hmm. at the club. Um, what, what do you remember of him? Amazing footballer. He had such a nice technique, but also he was a, a very nice guy. Except when he was, uh, except when he became angry. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 it was not like he wanted, then uh, then um, he could become very very uh, very angry. Um, also on the pitch, also on the pitch, um, because sometimes you get some cards that you think, oh, come on, Costa, <laughs> stay calm, stay calm," but. Uh, yeah, the, the, it was. Uh, it was a. How will I say? A footballer with a lot of a lot of uh, flair. How you, you understand? With a lot of flair, some very nice to watch. Uh, we, he was. He was a good football player. He looked good. He was a nice guy. Yeah, it was just very nice to to play together with him. And of course, his father was in the club, um, so he was like, yeah, the name is a very uh, okay. I think he's a very big name in Ammonia. Yeah, still in so, history, yeah. But, uh, but he, he was, yeah. Like I said, I, I loved it to play together with all with all of them and also with, with Costas. Was, uh, was a great guy. Like I said, we had, it was also 
a nice but not an easy character but okay this 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 you need at a certain level you cannot be a pussy when you play at a, at a higher level you all have characters you all have egos you need to be honest about that you all want to be the best and and you just need to find a good uh, mix to, to play together because uh, everybody wants to give the penalty for example just yeah. to give them because we all had the characters everyone everybody wanted to be somewhere in in the picture to be in the picture but that's not bad it's part of uh, of, of career it's part of uh, ego but it's logic at a certain level that we all have our ego uh, i also have my ego i still have it so it's normal you want to be successful you want that people yeah look up to you if you don't have this then i don't think you can reach the, the, the higher level Oh, absolutely. You've got to keep raising the bar for yourself because if you don't, then there'll be someone else to take your spot. That's how it works. That is exactly how it works. And not only in football. This is not only in football. Yeah. Yeah. In every, everything where there's money around, <laughs> you, have the, you have the egos. So, But this is part of it and it's up to the coach to, to handle it. Yep, absolutely. Well, look, um, you mentioned the characters. Uh, do you remember any specific incident, good or bad, um, in terms of uh, maybe a, a play, a few players having a, maybe a fight in the training room or training ground, sorry, or maybe like a great moment where everyone celebrated. Is it? Can you think of any good and bad memories? I, I, one thing I remember very well is after a game that we we went back with the bus from from uh, how do you say GSP and KCB KCB from the stadium to to Hilton where our cars were always parked and some fans. Uh, so we we left with the bus. And some fans from Ammonia, they were having trouble with some fans from, from the other team. Don't ask me anymore which team. And uh, it was Kostas Kayafas who, who, who suddenly yelled, stop the bus. And I was behind, I was like, oh, what's happening? He said, everybody go out and help the fans. So they went <laughs> out and then you had like Panayotis, Panayotis, you had Joachim. And they went out and they were... They almost like the fight. The other ones, they, they, I really mean this. I really mean this. I was like, "Whoa, what just happened now?" Uh, so, and it was it was Costas. I, yeah, it was Costas who said, "Stop the bus. You need to help them." And and, and it was it was crazy that uh, with the players they went out of the bus. Uh, but okay, I was like, "Oh shit! So do I need to go also?" <laughs> but they went immediately running, and so there was no fight at the end. But. It was quite impressive for me that that the captain of the of the team he took the decision to stop the bus and I need to go out. I don't know if this is possible these days. Um, no, 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 no. Not with, with all the not mobile with cameras, phones, yeah, and, CCTV. Yeah, but that time it, yeah, so it, it was different. So another thing I remember is well, okay, when we went to, uh, <laughs> um, I, it was Larnaca, I think, and we lost, and then the fans were a little bit angry. <laughs> So they didn't let us go out of the of the stadium. <laughs> so they, they they almost broke down the stadium. Uh, in, I think it was Larnaca. So and the the bus needed to come close to the gate, and then the police and they all like in you know the the the, the comics uh, Asterix and Obelix. Yes, where, yes, where, yes. Where they are with the shields like this above <laughs> and on the side, and so they made they made two rows. So we went with the bags into the bus. And I, 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 with with Rainer, so one month ago when I was in Nicosia with Rainer, we spoke about this again. We were joking about. It. I said, yeah, I remember because I was running behind you because I knew everybody would shout on you. So I was <laughs> just behind you. I was like, 
<laughs> letting go. Uh, so this was also one moment I, I remember very well. But I, I was, uh, it was some some other uh, thing was also once when I was at the airport. I I, want, I needed to go back to Belgium. And suddenly I, I hear in the in in, in the speakers. Uh, Okay, T-Bot is uh, wanted by the gate. Uh, the plane is leaving now. I was like, oh, what? So I need, I run to the gate. I was like, what is going on here? And then the people were like, ah, there he is. <laughs> it was just, you know, but okay, this is impossible these days. But the, the time it was 2001, 2002. So they just made a joke by the, the whole airport. <laughs> I was there and I was running to the gate. So I was like, what is going on here? So And then they were like, yeah, look at him. <laughs> no, 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 you're on time, you're on time. So I say, yeah, brilliant. it's amazing memories. And after that, I went a lot of times. I went on on, on, on holidays, even with my kids. Um, we went over there with my wife, with the kids, uh, because I still have a lot of friends, of course, over there also. Um, I even have some some competitor friends, so mm -hmm. <laughs> from other clubs that I say know no more. quite well. Say no more. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, of course. In during the years, you need to, you learn to know people. Of course. But also yeah. that time already, it was. Um, yeah okay, uh, I don't mind to say that I I I, uh, I learned to know um, Nikos Kirzis. He was not in the club yet at that moment. Uh, we had common friends, and that time we became very good friends, and we still are very good friends. So um, I, that, that's what I say. It's nice when you go somewhere. You always keep some memories, but you always keep friends also. I have other friends also. I even have friends that are supporting up well. So we are always joking uh, to each other. When they were champion, he would, he was always uh, he know the guy knows who. When he hears this, he knows it's about him. He was always uh, up well, up well. <laughs> but okay, now uh, when I was in Cyprus, like where are you? Uh, yeah, you know, we're we're celebrating. I don't see you. I don't see you. <laughs> uh, and the day after, he came to the hotel also. So yeah, I know it's nice. I still have several friends over there. Well, do you know what the thing is? Um, there, there is obviously that hatred between Omoni and Abuel fans, but I think mm -hmm. it's calmed down a lot with this generation of supporters. And, and the, the example I'm going to give, I remember <laughs> beginning of this season, um, I, I, did, I prank called Abuel's offices. I pretended I was a journalist from the UK. And um, I said to him, yeah, um, I'd just like to wish you guys luck in your, your Champions League match tonight. And the woman goes to me, oh, we're playing tomorrow in the Europa League. I says, oh, I says, I'm sorry, who, who's playing in the Champions League? She goes, oh, Moni are in the Champions League. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, Moni are in the Champions League. Anyway, so I recorded it. And one of the newspapers, I've got Thema Sports, Andrea Thema Sports got it. And it blew up. And on my Instagram, I got about 4,000 views on it. But I had people sending me death threats. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, the same nonsense. I went to Cyprus in October. No one said hello to me. Nothing. Like nothing. It wouldn't say nothing. So when it's someone hiding behind the screen, you don't worry about it. But when you're in the streets and someone is saying something to you, that's when you've got a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and as a footballer, I'm sure, you know, it'd be completely different. But yeah, but there you go. You know, bet between the players, it's quite okay, this uh, rivalry. Because on the field, they are rivals. But outside the field, you see this also when you have now the cameras inside stadiums. Between Barca and Real, you see the players, they greet each other because they're together in the national team and they know each other. They respect each other. Only on the field, it's war. But outside that, with fans, it's different, of course. It's different, of course. Um, but I think, yeah, it, 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 you need also this rivalry. That's, otherwise, you cannot have, have these, these, these nice games. I, I love these games against uh, Apoel, even against, uh, I remember also against Apollon with all the fire and things like that. Against Apoel, it was, it, it was great. This is 
this is exactly what you want as a football player, this atmosphere. So you need this rivalry, but at a certain moment, they need to, okay, it needs to stop also. You cannot go to, to a player's house or something. This is, and, and, and threatening kids or wives or something like that, because that's, that's just, Okay. It's inhumane. It's inhumane. It's taking things to a different level. That's, yeah. that's you know, there's a difference between private and, 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 and football. If you yell at the player, if you yell at the player that uh, during the game and, and, and you insult him during the game, I don't care. You know, this I'm always happy when they insult me or they yell at me because it means you sh- you you you, you, you mean right. something. Yeah. yeah. Because I that's what I say also to the players. If they yell at everybody except at you, yeah then you need to start thinking because they don't they are not afraid of you they just yell at you because they want to take you out of concentration that's that's why they do it they're interested actually or they're afraid of you so when they do it but then once when the, the game is or is finished you know when you go to the private zone it's it, it's it's it must be different uh, i i when somebody from Upwell would come and, uh, you know, it would be next to me, why shouldn't we have a drink together and, and, and even joke to each other with the one who lost or the one who won that you, that you joke with each other, why not? It must be possible for me. And then during a game when, you know, when they yell or they, 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 they do things, okay, that during the game is different. It's emotions, emotions. But at a certain moment, there must also be, uh, the, 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 it must become ra- rational. Absolutely. Well, look, I've got one more question for you. Um, and it's pretty simple, really, because, you know, you said you went to the club uh, to watch the title parade and all that. Um, what do you make of this current squad? Obviously, we've got a fantastic youth academy, players coming through. And do you also see a future for the players like your Lois or like your Johnnies? Do you see them elsewhere in Europe? I'm not going to answer on this question. I'm going to put my joker in it for these two days. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But the season as a whole, what do you reckon? Yeah, Next season, yeah. It's. I think uh, it has been an amazing season, of course, and and it's amazing to see these boys, these young boys, to to make progress. And then this is also going to be the future of Monia. And then, of course, they are they have very interesting players for the foreign market. Um, but there's still a difference between. You need to be honest about that. There's still a difference between Cyprus and if you come to Belgium to a big club to train over here at this level. Um, so they will need to make some steps. But it's clear that they have some. I was I was I was very surprised uh, when I saw the game because uh, I saw for the fear, first time I, I saw Gionis and then I liked him very much. He did some great trick at the end of the game when he played between the legs, and I was like, very oh, nice when you have this attitude in a positive way. Yeah, it, it's great. It was a shame I didn't see Luizu because um, okay, he had some, this small injury. But of course, I, I, I heard him about him. I know him. Um, yeah, he, it's, it's nice to see that Ammonia, uh, that the youth academy is working and they, that they can grow also by selling players, by selling the players. And, and, and if they are smart, and when I spoke with Dimitris and also with the American owner, uh, they are really nice people, really nice people with a good point of, how we say, with a good view for the future. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hope I can do business with them. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Well, you know, you, you mentioned Johnny's, well, we mentioned Johnny's, and, you know, he scored a lot of important goals last season for a teenager to, to come in. And it's almost as if 
pressure doesn't phase him. And that's a, that's a great test of mental strength. And the way that he's composed in front of goal, you'd think that for a teenager, he'd just lash at the ball. But, you know, some of the goals that he scored, you know, Ajax, we beat them 1-0 at home in the game, which we should have lost. The chances that they had, uh, the winner against Ayel, which effectively wrapped up the title. It, he scored a lot of crucial goals this season. And I think, again, that's not just a testament to him, but it's also a testament to the club in terms of the way that they've developed him. They've nurtured him. Henning Berg, that's played him at the right time. He hasn't put him into big pressure situations, but he's handled whatever's thrown at him. Yeah, yeah that shows a lot of, uh, how I say, a lot of qualities from him. The only thing that, of course, we need to still keep in mind it was COVID and the stadiums were not full. So there's still a big difference between playing in an empty stadium and playing in front of 10, 20,000 people. It's a little bit like penalties on training. Everybody can score a penalty on training. Uh, but once when there's a game, then it's different when everybody's shouting at you and then and throwing the things at you. It's different. Um, so that's going to be the next step for these boys to, to, to see how they adapt when, when it goes. When everything goes well, it's nice because everybody's cheering. But when you, do, when you make some mistakes or you're losing and the fans become angry and they start shouting at you, then the pressure is coming. Because now the, the pressure is okay. Because I know fans, you just play and you have some pressure, but it's not the pressure you feel from from a full stadium. Um, and this is going to be important to see how they're gonna how they're gonna react on on, on on these circumstances. But they have, yeah, you see, they have the the, the qualities, of course. That's, 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 uh, there is no uh, no doubt about. I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to to the next steps of uh, of them. But would you say having like an Instagram or a social media account is just as hostile, really? Because people are effectively messaging you on your phone, sending you all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, okay, standing in front of 10,000 people hurling abuse at you is one thing. Don't get me wrong, it is a big thing. Mm-hmm. But when you've got your phone constantly going off, yeah, you can delete the app or whatever, but, you know... But that's why that's why, you, why a player should have two Instagram accounts. You have the private one that you, you keep. Uh, private and close for only the, your friends and people that aren't you and, and like what we were we we do um, we have people for uh, in-house for PR and we have the lawyers but we also have the people who take care of uh, social media um, and then you need to go to an official account that is not well, you don't for the rest you don't look at you just it's just to give information to, to, to the fans and to the people with some pictures from, from games, from trainings, but not in private. Um, and if they send on this one, it's not really you who, who take care of it. You just say, okay, these pictures, okay, these pictures, okay. But you have people who take care of it. And, and this is part of being professional and also as an agency to be professional to your players, uh, to, to take this away from them because of it becomes very personal. Of course, it's going to be in your mind. And, and like you say, it's always easier to just to text somebody. You don't know him. He doesn't see you. Just uh, say some, some bad words to him. And you, you, you send. But it's, uh, that, that's easy. That's why you need to, you need to separate it. Uh, these things as a player. You have your private, what is for you, your friends, your family. And you can put stuff on what you do. And even then, you need to watch out because a screenshot is very fast. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. But then you have your uh, your you have your uh, official uh, account, 
that professional people take care of it and you don't you just delegate how you say you just say okay this picture or they ask you well, now tomorrow is the game or after the game or we have training something special we're gonna put this we're gonna post this and for the rest you don't you don't care i know not you don't care you don't mind about of course you care about but you're not busy with it you don't yeah. see what is coming in and yeah. if they send messages messages on this one okay who cares you yeah. don't read them don't let it come into your head because then your brain is going to explode absolutely they need absolutely. to stay focused uh, on, 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 on two i at this age actually on two things first school and then football because they're still young so they also need to to do school of course and the army, <laughs> army <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still uh, the same okay then the army also there you go well Hunza, thank you so much for your time really appreciate it. i know you're a busy guy and you know it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast i hope you can come back on again and i wish you all the all the best and you know hopefully we can keep in touch and uh, yeah, yeah we'll, sure. we'll talk more on Monia in the future. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Is there anything that you want to promote? Anything, anything like any social media, anything like that? Maybe fans can. You got, yeah, we have yeah. okay. Um, even my Instagram is open, uh, and then, then we have, of course, from my agency Squadrons. You can see it on my uh, on my uh, on my Instagram. But uh, people who, who want me or need me they will find me it's not these days it's not difficult to find somebody on on, on, on the internet so uh only thing i would say if you want to do business in belgium <laughs> call me <laughs> yeah 100% i've got your number I might, i've got some ideas where we can talk about another day but yeah i'll, I'll leave you being, <laughs> no, hey. no, okay. <laughs> there you go right guys that was the no chofters podcast hope you guys enjoyed it hit that like button subscribe tell your nuna so until next time come on <laughs>